Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jada, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello, and we are back. Hi. Yes, we are back with a new soundboard, new microphones, new cables, uh, but the same old hosts. Yeah. Sorry. Getting yeah. older every moment. Talk yeah. about a lateral I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Amazon won't ship those. Uh, so, you know, we're <laughs> you're stuck with us. Uh, you got to put air holes in the box. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. That would explain why those other ones died. <laughs> I just mailed them back to Korea. There you go. Um, anyway, we are back with another summer of the 1970s. Um, Groovy, baby. Yes, yes. We started off uh, last week with Race with the Devil. Yes. Oh, yes. And what do we have this week? What, what? What? How does the devil sound when he speaks? I'm just curious. Uh, you mean like this? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> the new soundboard. Yeah, the new soundboard's got tricks, so we're going to do that a lot. The new soundboard is haunted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Say, oh, yeah. We're not going to get any. <laughs> you already knew where I was going with that. Okay, all right, all right. We're not going right. to get, get a bunch anything of clowns. done tonight. Um, Mr. Brown, why don't you tell us uh, what movie you selected for us uh, this week? Well, 1976 was not only the bicentennial but also a year of a wonderful film created by a man named John Carpenter, who you may know as the creator of Halloween. So if you take Halloween and the Rookies TV series and they had a baby, you had Assault on Precinct 13. Yes, excellent, excellent movie. Just really a wonderful movie. Although completely devoid of any Precinct 13. Yeah. I have fun facts yeah, about is, that in my I, articles. There is no Precinct 13 in this entire movie. No. Uh, but what we do have is a fantastic cast of people who really just sort of faded into the background a little bit, you know? Yeah, I didn't really see any standout faces, even though um, the guy who plays Napoleon Wilson, mm-hmm. he appeared in multiple John Carpenter films, but... Yeah. He, nobody jumped out to me from this cast. So Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because uh, I know some of the actors really, you know, they were in a couple of movies. Uh, the actress who plays Lee, um, I think she was in, well, she was in two or three other movies. Uh, the actress who plays the uh, the secretary, I, I think was just Julie. In, <laughs> Julie. Um, she was in like maybe two movies, I think. So, and they all did great jobs. No, they They're, did. Not a bad um, actor in the whole it was, movie. It was a nice ensemble. The, the, I think the one police officer who escorted them on the bus has been in many films, but he got shot very quickly yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Was that the one where they were like, huh, <laughs> that guy fell down? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I'll yeah. point him out. Because I wrote that down. I was just it. like, he, he violently falls to the ground when he gets shot by the gang and Julie's just like, so-and-so fell. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a movie. Um, John Carpenter... Basically, was uh, he he was given a you know a low budget, um, but he was you know so he really wanted to maximize his dollar value, and he wanted to do uh, give himself a, a lot of leeway in the editing, and so it's really interesting if you watch the movie, not in the beginning, but after maybe the first you know three or four scenes, the scenes are really long, and there's a lot of dialogue, and. Somehow, that's usually a bad recipe, you know? Well, especially when the scenes don't necessarily add up or make sense to the overall plot or synopsis. So before we get too far into it, like you said, Assault on Precinct 13, the station house is actually referred to as Precinct 9, Division 13, Yeah. apparently, yet the sign above the door reads Division 14. Yeah, it's completely nonsensical. Uh, but the synopsis, Hindsiders, for those of you who haven't seen oh, this movie. Sorry, I'm going to let the viewers watch. The, yeah, the Cholos are um, actually performing original, a ritual. Excuse me. So when the gang members draw their own blood into a bowl, they're performing a Cholo ritual, a vow to destroy their enemies in full force, even at the cost of their own lives. I mean, it's very I, dramatic. I got to tell you, if, uh, if it were up to me, uh, no, 
No, I'm walking out of the gang at that point. I'll, I'll commit murder, crimes, you know, move drugs, things like that. But yeah, I'm not getting asking, bodily but, fluids but mixed if, up if, in the, if, in the if, equation. Yeah, yeah, not happening. You no. know, uh, sorry. So uh, sorry, I'm saving my blood and spit for my wedding night. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, uh, so the synopsis for this film. Uh, because even my dad surprised me by not having seen this movie, uh, and he loves movies. But so when the LAPD kills several members of the South Central Gang, Street Thunder, the remaining <laughs> members avenge themselves by way of a bloody war waged against cops and citizens alike. Uh, Caught in the crossfire is Lieutenant Ethan Bishop, Austin Stoker, who's who, awesome. Oh, he's a badass. Yeah. Who's managing a skeleton crew at the local and soon to be closed police precinct <gasps> as the skeleton gang Skeleton crew. <laughs> oh, you mean just like a few people. Yeah, not actual oh. skeletons. Oh. I don't know nothing about no skeletons. <laughs> but as the gang members close in, Bishop far, uh, forms an unlikely alliance with a group of prisoners in order to defend the station and the lives of everyone in it. But the thing is, the assault is not on precinct 13 no, because but, but, of the cops killing the gang members. This woman here in the car next to it is wondering what's going on. You'll see she'll pull up a few times like, because clearly there's a cameraman right yeah, on, yeah. on him. And there's multiple times this woman pulls up and you see her like looking <laughs> over. And I thought it was a part of the plot, but it isn't. No, it's, it's clear, not. It's, it's clearly, clearly a woman who just, just a woman's like, what, what? There's a, there's a, Cop or and with a guy with a camera, and it happens three yeah, times. Yeah. And there, here she no, no, it's the, it's, she's no, right behind. Not. She's behind this red car. Let's see if she pulls up again. It's very, very funny. Well, you know, living in California, that's got to be something that you you. Here she is. Here she is. <laughs> the dude, it's a dude, I guess. Yeah. What's going on over there? But that's the third time, and I thought, oh, he must be one of the cholos. <laughs> no, no, just no, a, just an innocent bystander. And this is the first time I've ever seen a cholo without a single neck tattoo. Well, that was well, yeah, yeah. pre-neck tattoos. Yeah, yeah. That was back oh, is that days. that yeah. came in waves with the decades? It was, it was okay. in the 80s. This is back when gotcha. gang members were classier. They were just into well, mixing their blood in a bowl. They yeah, weren't well, into marring their skin with tattoos They forever. were called street thunder. <laughs> I mean, come I know. on, you know? Which, by the way, if I ever have a taco truck... That's what it's going to be. Street, <laughs> Street Thunder Tacos. I was like, if I eat too many beans and I'm walking my dog at night out on the street, we have a lot of Street Thunder. Oh, God. So the, Now, this fellow right okay, here, yeah. he, I, I've seen him in, in quite a few films. Yeah, he was on TV a lot, too, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He looks like he could be related to Marky Mark, actually. <laughs> He's his papa. Yeah, that, that's think, what Marky Mark would have looked like in, in, the 19, 70s, in 1976. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, For sure. <laughs> I mean, you look at it's funny. Then because you have Rodney Dangerfield, who he reports to at his prison. <laughs> Get this guy to death row. No uh-huh. respect. No respect Respect at all. <laughs> no, it's uh, it is very interesting. Whenever you watch movies like this, and you realize, okay, this is not a period movie. It's just a movie that was filmed in the 1970s. So you know, when you see somebody who has an unusual haircut or something like that. That's just how it was, yeah. you know? And I love that. I love these little glimpses into the past. And uh, These, like, slice-of-life sort of films. Yeah. A day it, in the life of these particular group of people. Yeah, you see what, what people wore. You see what people, you know, the cars they drove, stuff like that. Now, it, the, the movie, it, it's very interesting because it does sort of leave you wondering what direction it's going in. Because I remember watching this and thinking... <clears throat> Okay, you've got um, you've got cops who are going to be taking bad people on a bus, and they're taking them to a jail, to a prison. Yeah, prison transpo. So mm-hmm. I I remember thinking, okay, the bad guys are going to break them out, or there's going to be an escape plot. Right. That's what this is going to be. It's going to be like, and then somehow that ends up at the precinct, and you know, I, I don't know. Uh, that like one of their prisoners ends up being sick, and mm-hmm. they have to drop him off to call for. Uh, aid at the closest precinct, which is precinct 13. Yeah, and that was not a ruse. No, it like the gang members and the prisoners have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And that's what I was about to bring up a second ago, because so the synopsis 
straight out says that the gang members are taking vengeance for their fallen comrades and against no. the officers who murdered them or shot them, you know, in the line of duty. And that has nothing to do with it either. No. The only reason the gang ends up at Precinct 13 is because there's this other story happening completely separately from the prisoners, the gang, the police officers. Yeah. It's a dad uh, with a young uh, daughter uh, you assume she's like single yeah, we'll digits or yeah, she's coming up in a sec, but she's, uh, they're clearly trying to get a female relative of theirs to move out of the ghetto well, and it, move in wherever well, they it was live. The, it was the nanny. Wasn't Margaret it? is her name. D isn't that what they said? Like the nanny or the, uh, I think, no, I think he called her Nana, not yeah, nanny. Oh, it was either grandmother oh, or it was a grandmother okay, type right. and she lives in a rough neighborhood. So I, you guess that, uh, the dad is the grandmother's son yeah. and he's telling, but it's weird because he's looking at his daughter and he's like, I want you to look at Margaret and say, Margaret, I want you to move in with us or I'm going right. to run away from home. And it's like, who calls their grandmother by their first name? But it, all that's irrelevant because meanwhile, there's this random ice cream truck driving up and down the street near where the father and daughter are parked because the dad is getting lost trying to find the grandmother's house. And the ice cream truck man keeps noticing the car full of thugs driving up and down, and he's got a, a gun underneath his dash that he's sort of reaching for just in case there's a problem. And I don't understand what happens next because the gang, like, they go up and down the street a couple of times and then they stop at the ice cream truck and murder the ice yeah. cream man in cold blood for no reason. I, I will tell you my interpretation of that, and I don't have a clue if this is correct, but I thought that they were they were going up and down the street looking for potential uh, murder victims ah, because, you right. see, he aims at two people. But he doesn't shoot. Yes. I don't know why, but he doesn't shoot. It's like these, I'm looking for the right murder victim. Almost like trying to bait the police into a fight. I think you might be because, giving... Because the, cho the cholo, the ritual is like, we're not going to back down. You know, we're going to do whatever we're going to do till till, the, till death, but... What, uh, what exactly are they you trying to do? They didn't wage a war on purpose. That was a byproduct of what happens next. So they murder the ice cream man, and unfortunately, the little girl is asking for an ice cream cone, and she also gets murdered. Yeah. She gets shot that, in the chest with tempera paint. You. That's right. That'll teach you. <laughs> yeah. Take the vanilla and go. Yeah, yeah I wanted a vanilla no, swirl. No chocolate <laughs> No chocolate. You know. Leave the chocolate. Swirl it. And that girl, swirl by it. the way, that girl uh, familiar to me. Uh, Escape from Witch Mountain. Witch Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. from Witch Mountain. That's mm -hmm. one of the few people I actually yeah. recognized. I couldn't tell you from where, but thank you for clarifying that. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I need to see. This was this is before Witch Mountain. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was just after. It was just was after. It? it was just after. Yeah. Seems like she it goes from a Disney before. movie to a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, oh, yeah. she's spreading, but, spreading her wings. But yeah, you know. so she gets murdered in the street in cold blood by the gang members, and her dad avenges her and Avenge shoots. Me. <laughs> avenges her by murdering the guy who does. murdered his kid. He does absolutely. I mean, like the the, the dad does. Get the drop on the dude and kills him. Yeah, because yeah. the ice cream man is still alive. He's like, there's a gun in my truck. And so the dad takes the ice cream man's truck and kills his daughter's murderer. Gun and then immediately the seeks shelter at Precinct 13. Yeah. So that's the only way these tie together. And how badass was that ice cream, uh, the, the, uh, the ice cream man? Because... You know, in your dying breath, you're like, dude, there's a gun. Go kill the son of a bitch. Yeah, because a little call, girl just got murdered. Yeah, not call 911. Well, then, you know, invent 911 and then call it. Because <laughs> um, back then it was like, yeah, tell the operator and then, you know. Send the police. Yeah. They, they can't find an active gunfight because they keep moving the bodies out of the street. But, know. you know, call the police. Hey, you know, it's a, it, it, it's in a bad part of town, you know. Uh, so you know, I'm just thinking that, that sometimes gang members just go up and down the street to look for someone to kill. Just drive-bys. You know, it's, yeah. it's probably a random act of terror. Yeah. You know, just we like clearly a, know a lot about gangs. Yes. Uh, well, yes, we, we were all yeah. gang members <laughs> yes. at one time. We kind of cleaned up our act, yes. thankfully. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was in Sidewalk he, Thunder. Oh, thunder. I was very, in cul-de-sac thunder. Very, very similar, but a uh, different thing. It involved bicycles and two yeah. by four ramps. <laughs> yeah. Then it there's the thunder down hardcore. under. Thunder which, down under. Yeah, that yeah. was that oh, was Lord. a very yeah. group of stinkers. And I will say it's a, it's a it's a very it's a very diverse 
uh, very well, diverse that, gang. That's what they said. Yeah, the well, news yeah, even that, said. Yeah. I love that, and they're even credited. Their ESG scores through the roof. <laughs> oh my, because in the uh, credits, it's hilarious. It's so seventies because you have uh, the Chicano tough, the Oriental tough, the Chicano hood. The Black Hood <laughs> and gang members. So, so here's my question. Here's my pressing question: What's the difference between a tough and a hood? I, I don't know. I know well, when you're David Bowie in a film, clearly this guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's he wants he wants thug rating. He's just not going to be a tough. Well, Lou Diamond do, Phillips well, is a shitty Shea driver. Guevara. <laughs> oh, that's Shay. Shay Guevara driving. Um, okay, I was going you, with Lou you, Diamond, but you yours have, is better. You have a man turning into a werewolf in the backseat. <laughs> oh, it's it's Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> he's mid he's mid transition into werewolf and the uh, then you have uh, the guy from the police academy movies yes uh, <laughs> the sound effect uh, Michael, Michael Winslow. Winslow. thank you <laughs> but he can't make sound effects because he's got that toothpick uh, in his mouth but beautiful he's... precinct 14 district 14. <laughs> district 9 in, no whatever i don't know <laughs> no um you have to imagine like you know like you know the the two Hispanics like talk. I'm sorry, Chicano. Yeah, Chicano, which I don't know what okay. that word means. I know I've heard it in 70s movies. Let's get the actual like textbook yeah. definition because like they say it in Dirty Harry, uh, which by the way, uh, if you watch this movie, we don't have audio going uh, for uh, YouTube reasons. Someone who is native of or descends from Mexico and who lives in the United States. Oh. Okay, like a Chicano, nis- like a Nisei uh, mm-hmm. for Japanese people. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, uh, Nisei is a um, American-born. Wait, are they born in America? Of Japan? I don't Spell remember. Spell it. Anyway, <laughs> I'll find out. Uh, N-E-S-A-I or N-E-S-E-I, something like that. Um, but you have to imagine the two of them going like, "Are you the tough or are you the hood?" I thought I was the hood. <laughs> What's neither the one difference? Of, neither one of us have hoods, but I, I feel like I'd rather be a tough than a hood. I don't know which one's more butch. Uh, <laughs> we got our name in the credits. Yeah, this exactly. is the beginning of our illustrious career. <laughs> yes, there's no Jeff Goldblum in this movie. <laughs> Bite me. No, I'm just saying there's no Jeff Goldblum, but there is uh, Apollo Creed's trainer. Yes, uh, yes, from the I Rocky saw that. Movies. Oh my god. Uh, and by the way, when I watched the remake of this. Apollo Creed's trainer was in the remake. Really? Yeah, they they, they gave oh. him a, a little cameo, Swell. even though he he clearly didn't make it to the end of the yeah, film. Napoleon, the actor who plays Napoleon, he died in the nineties. Um, what was his name? The yeah. actor, the act- no. Uh, no, he's he actually he works as a a driver now. He's he works um, in production. Wait, he either died in the nineties or he's driving people around. What's the deal? I, I, well, because I, I know I know Bishop died. Bishop made it to like ninety two. The guy who plays Bishop, the uh, lieutenant, he died last year, I think. Oh, uh, made his age ninety two, not nineteen. Made it to age okay. ninety two. Yeah, there you go. You're right, yeah. Napoleon. You're, I, I can't remember. I thought Napoleon had died. Maybe he has. Yeah. Maybe um, yes, but but his this was the pinnacle of Napoleon's career. Yeah, and he is known as a cult figure, as is Laurie. Lori, yeah, I'll have to look Zimmer? it up on IMDb. Yeah, from, I didn't uh, print it this time. Well, and it's interesting too because I, I wonder if there's a reference to this movie in the in the Twin Peaks reboot because I think it was Bishop. He was in a David Lynch. He was in I think a Racerhead. Yes, yeah, he was in a Racerhead. Yes. And you know, in the whole movie, he's he's constantly asking people, "You got to smoke." And there's a character in the Twin Peaks revival from a couple of years ago uh, that's always going to get a light. And I, and it's like, is that, that, that kind of sounds like it might be a reference. Uh, uh, he's, he's Bishop. I think that's, that's Bishop. Yeah. yeah. Bishop okay. is the Lieutenant. Yeah. Ethan, uh, Bishop. Ethan so yeah. Austin Bishop. Stoker. Yeah. And then Darwin Jostin is Napoleon Wilson. Lori Zimmer is Lori Zimmer. Lee. Yeah. Lee. Oh. So look up uh, Napoleon. When yeah. did, uh, when, when, when did, did he is he still alive or Darwin Jostin? Darwin Jostin. And I love the fact that Napoleon, they make a point out of, he tells the cop in the beginning, he tells the, the cop who's escorting him. You know, he died in 98. 98. Okay. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. yeah. So right. who's, wait, so who were you looking at that's doing driving? No, the, after this film, he began to do less acting and more, more production work. He was like gotcha. A, gotcha. a union driver. I, and, and he did that until his death, I guess. I think he died of cancer. I was 
She is hot, too. Well, I, yeah. I'll tell you, I saw this movie on HBO in the late 70s. When you guys were, spar- <laughs> were sparkles in your in your parents' eyes, and I had such a crush on her. Oh, she's hot. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And she's, she's very so t- 70s She's so hot. tough. Yeah, she's and cool. She's she's deliberate in yeah. everything she does. She's absolutely beautiful. Well, and, the- and there's a movie that someone actually made a movie about where is Lori Zimmer. Really? Oh, wow. Because she left acting and just became a teacher. Let's see. Huh. And and someone, I guess, was so interested in her life that uh, that they made a movie about it. I'd love to see it's that movie. Either, either her or the other one is a sculptor now. Ah, okay. Um, God, how many things are you going to make me look up tonight? <laughs> I'll well, put it in the show notes. Well, that's, um, that's, you know, we could just ask our robot to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, American former actress, best known for her role as Lee, the courageous yeah, secretary yeah. of the besieged police station. Who can handle the 357 Magnum, oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And take mm-hmm. a bullet. And, and just, take a bullet and, and not just, even flinch. Just tie it off. Tie yeah. off the yeah, wound. she's 74 now. Oh. 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 No, it happens to us all. Yeah, you always, you always, always she lives wish near she could... San Francisco and has become a teacher and has okay. two sons. So she's living right. a normal so person's So I guess the life. other one's a sculptor now. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. Yeah. Um, no, but the, uh, the, the, the movie, Adam, early, you, know, you sort of described it as a slow burn. And it is. And... Well, it's typical 70s in the sense that there's character development for, you know, a vast majority of the characters, minus the street gang. All you see them do is like that cholo ritual. But other than that. Well, they're zombies. Yeah. They're pretty much explicitly. I've got a fact about that somewhere. They're zombies. It's it's not of the living dead. Only instead of zombies, it's, it's, you know, street toughs. And what's mm -hmm. interesting, too, is that they're not like all on drugs. Or at least it's not. They don't make a point, you know, Carpenter doesn't like have them, you know, shooting up with, you know, PCP or angel dust. They're just completely yeah. dehumanized. They hardly hardly talk and almost seem supernatural yeah. in their ongoing resilience because they, it's true. They just keep coming at the precinct and there's more and more of them. They're like ants. I know. Because there's four in the beginning when you see them all rounded up and driving around in the car and murdering the ice cream man and the little girl. But then there's like a horde of them just coming toward the police station, and there's like fifty of them which toward would, the end, like which hoarding would be easy down the hallway. Now you just yeah. put a Facebook post. Yeah. Everyone, you know, they're Cholos, great organizers. Cholos yeah. come. Cholos so, wanted. Yeah. So he, clearly they had a phone tree. Oh yeah. Well, they must. They had you know the the things with which the is piece a very of paper you tear sentence. off with the phone numbers on it. You know? Oh my god. You know, Cholos two B one ask one. Um, <laughs> no street thunder. You know. But but uh, if you think about how difficult it was to communicate back oh yeah, then, you had yeah. to go to a phone booth. Yeah. And you know, once the phones were out, you're you were isolated. You're isolated. Totally isolated. Yep. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Um, and, and they, they and the police are utterly incompetent. They're, they're not getting great. multiple reports of gunfire or firecrackers. Yeah. Nobody's sure which, but literally no one in the world can determine what direction this gunfire is coming from. Not the neighbors who are citizens, not well, the police. There are some, I don't want to call them plot holes, but there are some conven- oh conveniences. And I think one of the conveniences is that the the police officers who are cruising around, you know, you would kind of think that they would swing by the precinct and go, hey, did you guys hear anything? Oh, yeah. David Bowie's yeah. about to murder a random woman Even carrying her though. groceries home. Yeah, he doesn't, though. He doesn't. Because he's it. thinking he pulls it. Oh, yeah. Nope, not her. Not her. Yeah. Yep. I want to get an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I want ice cream. No, I, I don't want. I don't See, want I any. I missed this somehow. Maybe it was because it was on Roku and there were ads and like I'm not sure. But either way, I missed this whole them scoping out the street trying to determine who to kill. But <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason as yeah. to why they murder the ice cream there, man. There, there's no dialogue. There's nothing to establish why, you know, this is the target because you don't know what their goal is. No. And then their goals... Because on the radio, one of the police captains or chiefs or something is saying, oh, these dangerous people are out there. They've got guns. And if they ever get organized, yeah, everybody's screwed. So that was his justification for the shootings of the six yeah. gang members in the beginning of the movie. But once again, the gang isn't out to avenge their fallen comrades. I, They're just chasing yeah, the guy who murdered one of their people. Yeah, but, it's very... It, yeah, and it all crystallizes eventually with the when when the little girl is killed and then the father you know takes revenge. Yeah, but before then, it is sort of up in the air, and that's okay because you're you're just kind of really paying attention to the other story, 
Yeah, because the threat of it, like, especially with the illusion of, you know, if these people on the streets with guns get organized, that that's like the big threat in the beginning. But there's never some massive organized, like, heist or goal right. that the gang has in mind. No. No, so there isn't. it's like, it's kind of random and pointless. <laughs> no, it, it's, and it's supposed to be, <clears throat> you know, um, very much inspired by Rio Bravo, which is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite movies. And I had never heard that before. And I, I, before I watched it today, I saw that and I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I'm going to watch it and sort of like pick up the similarities between Rio Bravo and, and this. And was that the John Wayne reference John that Wayne. you made? Yeah. The, yeah. Cause uh, uh, John Carpenter edited the movie ah. and the, he did it under the name John T. Chance. Nice. Which was John Wayne's character from Rio Bravo. I love it. I love those callbacks. But it's, it's interesting because I don't, it, it it's really not a lot like it. I mean, there's a, there are similarities. Rio Bravo, basically you have a bad guy commits a murder. John Wayne arrests him. And the bad guy's gang says, you, you, you're going to let him go. We're going to go in there and get him and kill you in the process. And John Wayne's got to defend this little police station, little police office, whatever, with uh, a drunk Dean Martin, uh, Gabby Hayes, and uh, Ricky Nelson. <laughs> I was oh as drunk God, as the really? next guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, the next guy was Dean Martin. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and Angie Dickinson's there, too. Um, Police woman. He was lucky yeah, to have her. Yeah. That's all but, I got to say. And, and, and Real Bravo is basically, it's the anti-High Noon. Um, it was... Howard Hawks made it because he watched High Noon and he didn't like the fact that the star Gary Cooper's going around asking everybody for help. Right. And so in, in Rio Bravo, people offer to help. Yeah. And John Wayne's constantly telling them, no, you're just going to get yourself killed. I, I'll do it myself. I don't really see the, you know, the. I mean, well, the yeah. reason it, the Rio Bravo comes into play is that following the release of his first feature, Dark Star from 74, John Carpenter was approached by a group of investors who gave him carte blanche to make whatever kind of picture he wanted, albeit with a very limited budget. So Carpenter wanted to make a Western, but he knew he wouldn't be able to pull it off with the amount of money that was yeah, get, allotted a to him. Yeah. yeah, but he was trying to do as many allusions to Rio Bravo as possible because it was uh, directed by his hero, Howard Hawks. Mm, so that's yeah. where a lot of those allusions come. And there are a lot of little references. So, for instance, when uh, Bishop is telling that story about how his daddy sent him into a police station for using foul language in front of his mother. That's a real story. So, except it's um, about Alfred Hitchcock from his childhood. Hitchcock detailed the story to Francis Truffaut in Truffaut's book, Hitchcock. So apparently that exact scenario happened to Alfred. I mean, it's a good idea. <laughs> I actually, you know, when I read, uh, when I as I hear that, I'm thinking... Yeah, my kid's probably too old. He'd know I was faking. This. Yeah, but yeah, David's he, a pretty yeah. You got to hit him when they're like so. six years old. You know, I uh, think he said that he was like, yeah, when I was just a little yeah. boy. You know, my dad sent me into the police. There's that golden age when you can pull shit like that on your kids. Like I remember accidentally freaking David out by, because I made a joke and he's gonna kill me when he. <laughs> The Kmart uh-huh. joke or Costco, Costco joke. When I said, "Oh, we still have the receipt. We can take him back to Costco," and uh, he was probably like. <laughs> Five or six years old, <laughs> and I remember looking over, and all of a sudden, I see him, and he has tears. There were little tears. Down. You oh, were no. such a bad dad. I, I, I felt terrible. The only way I could have felt worse is if I had taken my little girl to a terrible neighborhood and, and then let shot. and then let her go off to an ice. First of all, okay, it's an ice cream truck. Like it's supposed In to attract hood. children. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, right. It this is, is not a it is not a nice place. No, it's not. And no, but before you leave your Costco joke, it reminds me of a Calvin and Hobbes strip, actually, because Calvin's asking his dad where babies come from. And he goes, oh, they come from Kmart, which is why I said Kmart, because it makes me think of Calvin and Hobbes. And he was like, wait, I came from Kmart? And he goes, yeah, you were actually a blue light special. <laughs> it's a great strip. But, but yeah, so we're at the ice cream truck in the hood. And and just a handful of change. Yeah. Bought an ice cream yeah. cone yeah. back then. That's always Which, I mean, a good did they, throwback. Did they used to serve actual ice cream at ice cream trucks? Because these days it's all of those prepackaged like Spider-Man ice creams. And like When the, I was a kid, they were prepackaged also. Okay. Because she got like a legit curly whirlies. swirly cone. So I don't yeah. know. 
I don't know if ice cream trucks originally just had throw like actual valve. <laughs> throw them, you bastards. <laughs> Where have you been? We're fucking naked. <laughs> Get the zooms out. <laughs> throw yeah, the pots and pans at them. <laughs> Get the zooms. <laughs> there is an ice cream truck that visits visits our neighborhood that does have that little dispenser. Really? Yeah. Mine, they, the one they that visits mine doesn't. On it I haven't, I haven't seen cool. an ice cream truck in... in Years. You're I, kidding well, me. No, oh I, do a gosh. lot of kids live in them. your neighborhood, though? No. And plus, it's gated, so that... Yeah, but you would think, like, you'd see... Maybe, they, maybe like, Alpharetta has, like, a, a city ordinance or something. No, because that, we used to have the ice cream truck at our apartment complex down the street. Oh, I don't know. But, I don't um... Know. Yeah. I know if my kid came out and said so, I would just say no. You know, oh, whenever you, I hear the know, ice cream you know truck, I go ha- running. <laughs> oh, because, you, you know, you know who has ice cream, right? Publix. <laughs> but not... In the shape of Spider-Man, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. With I always get the price. Spider-Man yeah, ice cream. Exactly, With a 10X yeah. price, I know. That's me thinking, but you know. <laughs> but remember as a child, did you enjoy getting ice cream from an ice cream truck? Hell yes. Yeah. I, I did well, too. I, I lived I in the country. It, if you saw an ice cream truck, it was it was probably a, a child molester. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm actually friends with the guy who drives the truck in our neighborhood. He's this Haitian gentleman, and he. I actually walked to the end of my street to go see him one day. Yeah. And I was like, how come you don't come down our street? There are a bunch of kids here. And he goes, oh, well, now that I know what street you're on, I'll make sure to make a point to drive down there. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, he, like last time I was there, he was just like, Oh, thanks for coming out. You're my friend now. <laughs> so, Sorry. Just, the, she just got iced with tempera paint. The, the, the effect too, because it literally looks absolutely not at all. Like she got shot. It mm-hmm. looks like he fired a pellet full of, you know, red yeah, paint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which I guess, you know, they didn't want to be too you know, gory or anything. Right. And there's no gore in the movie. No. Um, no. Oh, look, my daughter fell down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so an ice cream man. <laughs> Nobody gets shot in this movie. They just fall down dramatically. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, he puts his, he, he puts, puts his, a jacket puts over, a jacket. which and is And then nice. just abandons her body in the middle of the street to because go. Because revenge. Yeah. Revenge porn for because, sure. <laughs> because revenge. Hey, I, I, you know, would you take the body with you? No. Okay. Don't want to. Don't yeah. want a minute to, to go by, it, and it, you may I, lose the bad God, guys. God forbid, if I thought I could kill the son of a bitch, uh, I'd leave and I'd kill the son of a bitch. Because I mean, what know? is she going to get more dead? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but he might come back and she's gone. Yeah. You know, oh, well, no, that, Tony Dan's oh, the ice that cream would be, man. Uh, that, w- that would be significantly worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, someone stole her body, and Mr. Epstein, no. <laughs> 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 I didn't know Epstein was in the studio with us. Well, he, God help us. Yeah, that's, that was a taste of Street Thunder. Yeah, wasn't street it? Thunder. Say Street Thunder on the. Street Thunder. <laughs> Perfect. Because it sounds like you know. This Sunday, at the Metro Dome, Street Thunder. You'll pay. <laughs> you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only use the edge. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> For the win. Thank you. That's enough of you. Uh, they love me. They <laughs> we, really we love me. We for the soundboard. We're going to use, use the, the soundboard. soundboard. So, uh, yeah, that's the whole, this is the whole <laughs> impetus behind the assault on Precinct Not 13. Uh, yeah. So now. And, and Nightfall comes. Oh, and the address yeah. on the sign outside uh, outside of the precinct, that's John Carpenter's first address when he first lived in L.A. Yeah. Fun fact. Wow. So um, so he docked someone, but, you know, we don't know who. Yeah, yeah someone. <laughs> well, you don't know the street. Oh, Just enough. the number. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, so the, because uh, we're, we're coming up on our break, but uh, really I think this, is, this establishes the first half because the sun right. is now setting. Act one. The uh, the bus with the the convicts are arriving at the police station. They have a, a very ill convict, so they yes. have to drop him at uh, the local precinct to get and, help. And the guy whose daughter has been killed uh, avenges his daughter, kills David Bowie. I mean, <laughs> he does. shoots him hard. And it looks at first like he didn't. Like the dude isn't. You know, he just, just standing he just there stands and then he there. just he gets shot like seven times. <laughs> and he yeah. just sits there just. With a frozen expression on yeah. his face, and he's still brandishing his own gun, and then he just wilts against the car. Yeah. It's almost like the, the Paul Rubens death scene in, in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Too Do you remember that? Soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah time. Damn, time, dog. Man. Damn. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> ready for a break. the action will begin uh, in the uh, next half of the show. Uh, so we will be back in about one second. And we're back. Hello. Hey. 
And it is time for uh, shooting and action. Yes. And well, I, first, we have to note that Coca-Cola paid for some advertisement. Did they? <laughs> They've got a drink Coca-Cola icebox that they specifically move within the frame, like, to block the door. Do, do you think that Coke paid for it? I think I sometimes wonder. in the 70s, people just did that. And, I mean, uh, and they, they hope that Coke didn't sue them. <laughs> it didn't sue they them. They paid right. for yeah. the Coke, the Coke truck when Superman got thrown into it. Well, that was Superman, though. Yeah, this is John Carpenter's second movie. <laughs> yeah. and, and let's be honest, his first movie was Dark Star, which is not. It's a good movie. It's weird. Well, he's actually been quoted as saying that Assault on Precinct Thirteen is his favorite movie, like the most fun movie that it. he ever shot. So yeah, I can see it. So I don't know if Coke paid for it, but it was just so such obvious Very product overt, placement. Yeah. <laughs> and and spawned a story that we told during the break, which oh, yeah, Jason yeah, may yeah, want to bring up. Yeah, my, yeah, well, I was just saying my dad, uh, back in the uh, 60s, he owned a gas station. And he had a Coke machine exactly like the Coke machine uh, that is featuring in the movie. You know, the, it was the kind with the, uh, the crank... You would put the coin in and you would turn the crank and there was a wheel that would turn and you'd open the door and pull your Coke out. And my dad kept it when he sold the gas station. And it, at least when I was a teenager, it still worked. Oh, wow. And fun fact, uh, if you get little bottles of Corona, <laughs> they fit exactly in the same slot. <laughs> And the machine functions perfectly, so you can have all your friends over, load it up with Corona, and keep a little, you know, like a box of nickels. And it, when somebody wants a beer, you just put that in there, turn the thing, boom, get a beer out. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. But, uh, yeah, we, sorry, we just scooted past it, but we just see Wilson start to take a shine to Miss Lee, who yeah. got shot and got grazed in the arm, I guess, during the firefight where the gang of Hoods and Tufts were shooting yeah. at the scenery yeah, for five straight minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have um, the, the, when the father gets his revenge, mm -hmm. he runs to the police station. And, and he, immediately goes catatonic. He goes completely catatonic. Well, he's had a bad day. It's, you know? No, yes. but he's like yeah. the uh, daughter from I, Death Wish. He just, <laughs> something horrible <laughs> happens to him and he just turns into Beaker. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> okay, Lassie, Lassie, Lassie. Um, and, and. This presumably is the inciting incident where the criminals now, the, 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 the gang, has decided that they are going to get into the police station and kill him and presumably everybody else. Yeah. And from that point on, it's the Alamo. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's definitely um, the Alamo. Which I think was like the original title, like Anderson's Alamo or something. Oh, okay. Uh, was, was the original title of the movie. Um. So that that is the movie. That's what everybody thinks. Of. It's about the last 45 minutes of the movie. And it's fascinating because I really, I didn't originally think that the criminals were going to join with the cops or with the cops and the, the secretary or whatever. Right. And it, it really is a, a very good relationship that they all sort of form. And by the end of the movie, you know, you do recognize that this guy, Napoleon, is a murderer, presumably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know. you know, the cops keep sort of interviewing him, as it were, because yeah. they're they're fascinated with either, you well, know, Bishop, why. He, Bishop doesn't ask him the question he thinks he's going to ask. Him. Yeah. He yeah. asks. So that, you know, they set that up and there's some sweet payoff to it later because he's like, oh, you're just like every other cop. You want to know why I killed those guys or how I got to be where I am, whatever. And because he has a pretty poignant quote, actually, when he's on the bus. And fun fact about that scene, they weren't being pulled on a truck with the bus, it was actually driving. And so they couldn't hear themselves talking because the engine was right below their seats. Low budget. But uh, Wilson says, uh, days are like women. Each one is so goddamn precious. They always end up leaving you. <laughs> and so naturally, a like that. naturally Wilson's focus is on the one remaining woman after the firefight when they're at precinct 13 and he's like protecting her and, you know, helping her bind her wounds and stuff. But throughout the movie, he keeps trying to bum a smoke off of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. running gag that happens he's, throughout. He's a, yeah. a perpetual nicotine fit yeah. with this fellow. And, but uh, she's got one. Every, oh, yeah. oh she yeah. Does. that's super sexy. Yeah. yeah. Women she, who smoke? She gives him the... No, she puts the cigarette in his mouth and then with one hand, yeah. lights <laughs> the match. 
Which, so which, which oh. that, that's a neat trick, but you know, it's like, did she constantly walk around? Because you can do that. You have to fold the match around yeah. to do it. It's tough to do with one hand. Well, she'd been Back waiting. When I smoked, I could do. She'd that. been waiting yeah. the whole time she met him <laughs> yeah. to deliver that smoke because I think she really. Really liked him, and he liked her. Yeah. Well, it was funny because uh, Bishop, the first sign of humanity you see between him and the prisoners is when Wilson does ask for a cigarette, and all the other policemen are like, oh, shut up, man. I'm not getting you a cigarette, and just shooting him down. But Bishop's the only one who's like, no, nah, I don't smoke. Sorry. And he goes, well, if you see one lying around, and he was like, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and he's just always treated him with a certain level of respect. Now, I have a question about this scene. So Lee is able to detect whether or not a gun is loaded by sticking her finger in the barrel of a gun. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. No, get, but look. If you look at a wheel gun, you can actually see the bullet in. The, is it a wheel it, gun? It's I a thought revolver. it had a. It's a revolver. Oh, okay. It's a revolver. I thought it had a box cartridge but, for some reason. But the thing is, I mean. Which you can't silence a, a revolver, by no, the way. No, you can't silence a revolver. So, well, but the reason why he didn't know he wasn't shooting. Magic, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't realize that he's not shooting because of the silencer. I'm like, you can't feel whether yeah, or not you're firing that gun. That was, a, that was a ridiculous. A little plot hole there. Just, well, uh, a gaping plot hole. Are you yeah, serious? I, don't know. I mean, I wonder if like in the heat of, you know, with enough adrenaline, you just, if there's gun fire going I, I, yeah you're right i mean you would know you would still you're, feel you the still kick of it kick. you're not yeah. you're not shooting click 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 yeah. yeah and clearly yeah. these guys are criminals they've done something yeah they, they hey why are you just weapons. assuming he's a murderer that's I'm, profiling I'm not, mr brown i said criminal is wrong. i said criminal well he's a criminal we you know, were going in the direction that he has to have fired a gun being a criminal well we know we know that uh Maybe. that the bad guys can uh can hotwire a car Oh, yes. here he is. Yeah, oh, she he cigarette. can hotwire a yeah. car wait, wait, and get, get, wait for it. Oh my god! And she, she you got a light. <laughs> You're yeah. damn right, I got a light. We're just gonna sit here and watch this unfold. She, remind, she reminds me a bit Ooh. of who was the the actress? She was in um, They Live. Um, oh, I know exactly. She's got yeah, bright eyes. eyes. Yeah, uh, Meg. Me, I'll hey, find it. Hey. Hang on. Meg Foster. Meg Foster. Oh wow! She, re you she reminds me a bit of Meg Foster, um, who was quite nice because my friend Ed Highland was in a film with her. They, oh, really? they worked together. He yes. knows somebody who was in everything was, was that's he ever in happened. Backlash Oblivion or Backlash Oblivion Part Two? <laughs> no, no, it was uh, five days in August, oh, and yeah, it. it Baseball didn't go movie. too didn't yeah. go too far, but yeah. but but the, there was a lot of great stars in it, and it was my friend's Ed's opportunity to get to have a lead role on a, the big screen, hey, which is pretty cool. That is cool. But he said that she was super cool, smoked like a chimney, I had a real see. deep voice like that. I could see and uh, and then you know right after shooting, just went off, didn't really socialize with yeah. anyone. She's kind of yeah. not everyone is blessed with a naturally deep voice. <sighs> I need a little smoke help. <laughs> 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 Except wow. our satanic soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here are the clueless cops, and like so much is happening around them. And of course, there's the one line they have where they're scouring, you know, their block basically because they're hearing reports of gunfire or firecrackers, not sure which. And the guys, one yeah, of the cops who's not driving, is like, "Aren't you going to go down this street?" And he goes, "Nah, nothing ever happens down that street." And of course, that's where everything is happening. Okay, so here's a problem that I have. Do there, tell. There's two problems I have with the movie, plot hole wise. First of all, there is an escape hatch. They establish that there is an escape hatch in the basement that goes to the sewer, which goes to a manhole. Uh, and I recognize that at the end of the movie, they show a bad guy coming in that yes, way. Yes. Which may get rid of the plot hole. But I'm thinking, I my ass would have been hiding in that uh, that sewer. And and once I was in I the sewer. I would have been in the basement to begin with. Yeah. Like, and why I, engage in a firefight if you don't have to? Yeah. And also, I don't know of any sewer that's just like manhole. Like, it's just a pipe going to the building. Like, you would think if you could get to the sewer, just leave. Yeah. Via the sewer. Yeah. You know. But the plan is for one of the, uh, you know, captives to basically go out the manhole, hotwire a car, <laughs> and, you know, go for help. And th the problem with that is that I, I'm forgetting the character's name, but he... Wade? Wilson. Wilson. No, no, no. Wilson's the... 
Walsh. Walsh. No, I'm, I'm making it up. He, he has, oh my God. Wells. Wells. It's Wells. There you go. Okay. I knew you get, the, we get there eventually. I knew it was sure, two W's. Two um, W's. Wade Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Wells makes his way out, and that's fantastic. He's really stealthy, like, doesn't even make a ton of noise with the grate, and that's good. He gets to the car, jimmies the car open, hot wires the car, but for some reason doesn't think to check that the car is actually empty yeah. before he starts to drive away. Well, that's, you know, you know that's, a, that's a John Carpenter-ism because because remember when the girl gets in the car and she's like, why is there humidity on the inside of the window? No, yeah. no. Oh, knife yeah. comes through the seat. Oh, oh, that's why. Now my back's all bendy windy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the fact that, that um, you know, he, he's saying, well, who's going to go? You know, it has to be one of the criminals. Of course. I'm a police like, officer. Well, we'll I, don't, I don't know. Which, I'm sorry, but Bishop is yeah. giving me some strong Tropic Thunder Robert Downey Jr. vibes. <laughs> really? Don't they, don't they look kind of similar like when they put Robert Downey Jr. in blackface in that movie? Um, I, I am going to let you have this one. No, I, <laughs> yes. I just, I'm going to move. It was reminiscent aesthetically. Okay, yeah. Reminiscent aesthetically. Ouch. Whatever. Um, no, the, uh, what was I saying? So they decided it has to be well, one of the criminals who yeah, tries and, to and escape. I, I love the fact that it's like, well, we'll do a coin toss. He says, well, I've never had good luck. You know, if it's a coin toss, if it's 50, 50, 50, I'm going to lose. What do you want to do? Let's do potatoes. And they do potatoes. And that's yeah. the same, like, there's still a 50, 50 shot. It's just like, and my mother it's, said it's that. It's a different you, 50, 50. It, but it depends on when, like, who you start yeah. pointing at first, because yeah. it's going to be the other person. Yeah. It's like any mini money mo no, it's, that's it's what, the same yeah. thing yeah catch a tiger by his toe if you holler at him but it's yeah the, but the problem person. is i can i can never remember which direct which one to start with so i would lose uh they should have rochambeaued for it that would have been the uh the manly thing to do uh the other if you don't want the, it to be you you start on you okay depending on which version you do because <laughs> i'm not gonna remember this in the in the moment <laughs> it, it depends no but it depends on which one you do because some people add the and my mother said that you well, are it, like and that that changes that's the game cheating, yeah. so yeah it depends uh, quick question they're they're there by the glow of the furnace yes in summertime would, would, the, would the furnace be lit especially when everything's being shut down you'd think the furnace would be the first thing that yeah turn, turn, turn the furnace off you know i mean they don't need hot water. I don't know. The dad was wearing a jacket when well, his daughter it's got the shot. The 70s. You, you know, even everyone, if it's 90 yeah. degrees yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah, yes, you, had to wear, you had to wear your nice And you jacket, had to moonwalk. Yeah. Jacket, moonwalk. Um, no, but the other, the other uh, sort of plot hole sort of thing, and I remember I hadn't thought this before, but when I was watching it, he says, Well, we have this acetylene and we have these flares, and I'll shoot the flares and that'll blow up the acetylene, which, first of all, no, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it's very deep, Lucy. <laughs> it, well, it's Jaws and everything else. You yeah. Know? I mean, but also, if I had flares, I'd probably be shooting flares off. Maybe trying to get some attention drawn. Don't to my... you remember the beginning? Flares, but no, no flare gun. That's oh. what she. That's what Lee said. That's oh, what she got, said. That's what she said. We got flares. I didn't but no, catch that. But no flare gun. I didn't notice that either. Um, and plus, this this is like the most organized zombie gang I've ever seen in my life because they shoot all of these people. Their bodies littering the street. And Bishop's obvious logic to that is, oh, somebody's going to notice all of you know this carnage in the road. But the gang goes out and just like moves the bodies and puts them in a ditch or something somewhere, some moves nearby the cars. Moves, yeah, the moves the cars so that they're not looking abandoned and then just parks across the street from the precinct, making it yeah. look perfectly normal outside. Yeah. Well, they were probably all Vietnam veterans. Well, I think they actually were all, most of them were USC students. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I think that they were actually all cricket players <laughs> because <laughs> because you'll notice that at a certain point they just, you know, oh, it's time for tea and they all retire for tea <laughs> and giving the good guys. That's why the furnace is on. Time Oh, for the they needed for their tea, tea break. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, there you go. I, I figured um, it out. But yeah, it's uh, so they give them this long pause before making the final rush at the end. And they give the, the, the good guys ample time to sort of figure out what to do. You know, uh, you know, it's a movie. I get it. Yeah. You know, uh, and now here we have the <laughs> poor Wells. Yeah. Wells, Wells <laughs> stealthiness. I mean, how could you not notice that there was somebody in the backseat of that car? I don't know. You'd think that, well, he's Particularly staying below. Particularly when the door was locked. He's staying yeah. below the, 
Well, and I don't know. well done to the to the gang members for having the initiative to pre-position a guy oh, yeah. in that yeah. car just in case. Just in case yeah. somebody tried to steal it. I mean, that's that's thinking ahead. That's why they're street thunder. That's why they don't yeah. the the horde of gang members doesn't rush Wells because they know that they've got an ace in the hole. They got somebody in the back of the car. Okay. Yeah. They're just walking slowly toward him, but they know that they'll take out one more person if they let him think that he's gotten away. They clearly have ample resources. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, Their HR department is organized as hell. Very much so. <laughs> See, and you could tell that uh, it's a it's a seventies movie, not an eighties movie. Because if it was an eighties movie, at some point the the gang would have had like an RPG. Well, and plus the you music know. is so. Oh, the music hurts. So let's let's <laughs> let's talk about the music, okay? Because it's John Carpenter, so he yes. he composed the music. And even though I knew that, even though I knew what the music sounded like, when the movie came on, when I was watching it for the show, it just it's the Lalo Schifrin and it's Dirty Harry. Yeah, absolutely. It's he wrote the score up. in three days, evidently. And I've gotten all of this from IMDb if, in case I didn't mention that. But he made three to five separate pieces of music and edited them edited them accordingly. It didn't become available to buy until 2003, the French label, through French label record makers. But it was definitely based on Dirty Harry and um, what was the other song? Yeah, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant yeah, Song. Immigrant song. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really hear that so much as I... I it, the the Lalo Schifrin Dirty Harry stuff is oh, very yeah. very yeah. you know which you know I I really like Lalo Schifrin's music and I think Dirty Harry is probably the best thing he ever did. Well, we wind up in the sewer because yeah. we get all the shit jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and um, you see, Dirty Harry was seventy. Four. I'm thinking 74, 74. 73 or four. Yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. Your favorite movie ever. And oh, you it's... don't know what year it came out. No. Yeah. You know, I remember movie. watching it when it came out. I just didn't note the date, <laughs> and, you know, and 40 I'm... years from now, I'm going to bug Jade Rogers with this particular <laughs> oh, movie. Yes. had no idea. <laughs> so they eventually come up with their plan, which is to go to the basement and, um, they're going to lead the um, let the bad guys get into the basement. They're going to use a sign to stop a the bulletproof bed. sign. A bulletproof sign. Uh, it's made of like tungsten. That or says, uh, "What does it say?" It was hilarious. Support your, Support local, your local police. police. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then they're going to blow up the uh, the the acetylene tank, and that will kill the. Bad guys. So basically, am I, am I, am I, jaws it, with people. Yeah. I mean, am I? Am I? Am I getting no. the plan? Yeah, yeah you got it. You got it. I mm-hmm. noticed. Some, well, I may be wrong about this, but didn't they make a point to say that Bishop only has three shots three left? Three shots. That's it. I yeah. thought he took four. Because no, he shoot, no, 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 so the gang. Okay, I thought that they flooded down the stairs and he shot at them once, and then there were one, two shots he missed hitting the tank and then the third shot obviously is the one that hits so well it doesn't matter because they they have magic guns anyway you know? <laughs> that's because, true with magical silencers because that uh, i didn't know that the remington 19 or uh, 1867 shotgun uh, which incidentally was so deadly that the germans tried to get it banned as an illegal weapon oh my god because uh, it was uh, it was so good as a trench gun uh, oh, wow. that they that they wanted it to be uh, banned like you know mustard gas and stuff. Oh my god! But, it, but if you notice, whenever um, uh, Napoleon. Napoleon shoots mm-hmm. it, he shoots consistently. He does it like three or four times in the movie. He shoots twice, then racks it, and then shoots again. Um, so I guess it's like a double barreled pump action. Shotgun, I guess so. You know, it's, but again, it's based on Rio Bravo and John Wayne had, you know, those revolvers that held 99 bullets. In it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Western it's forgivable. I'll yeah. allow it. But the, um, the, 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 the bad guys do eventually make it into the basement. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not seeing what the plan is past blow it up. I mean, so they're gonna blow it up. I got that without the guarantee that they've gotten all the gang members. Well, because they, they have no idea how many, how many there are. Yeah, exactly. there's no like main boss, you know. So I guess it's a desperation play. Like it's take the, out as many as you can before you go. Before you go, because yeah, that's the, yeah. they even brought that up. It's like, okay, what are we gonna do? We got like yeah. five rounds. Well, yeah. we'll take out as many as we can before it's before it's over. Yeah, and, and then uh, the, the acetylene and enabled them to use napalm. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then, yeah. of course, the, you know, burning question that Bishop has for uh, Wilson comes <laughs> up, which is... Pun intended. <laughs> it burns. Actually, that, that you know, if you, if, you. if you get blown up by an acetylene tank, it's going to be shrapnel damage, not burn damage, really. Yeah, yeah. Adam, yeah, get so. it together. Ooh. No, I was just saying in the movie, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're all like burned up and everything. But really, they have <laughs> giant charred pieces of, of the tank, you know, uh, through them, which would be a nasty way to go. Is that Ben Stiller? <laughs> yes. Um, we'll let the uh, audience decide. <laughs> He's doing blue steel. <laughs> so we gotta find the bad funny. guys. So at, at at this point of the movie, the police officers who have been aimlessly patrolling yeah, for like idiots. six hours, you know, they've their tip off is what, gentlemen? Well, uh, it's raining. It's raining. It's Wait raining, man. No, it's not. That's it's, not rain. It's raining a man's bodily fluid. Because <laughs> uh, they, they shot the poor lineman. Can you specify lineman. the bodily fluid? It's red. Your, Blood. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the poor lineman for the county, Motorola. he got shot. Yeah. The Motorola paper. And uh, his blood is dripping on the hood of their car. And the guy driving the police, the police car is like, oh, great. Now on top of everything, it's starting to rain. And Could then they this get day out. get any worse? <laughs> and then he gets out and sees a dead body hanging from the power line. And he's yeah. like, oh, well, that's oh. unfortunate. <laughs> well, yeah, because that, that's that's the whole thing that that um, is is mentioned a few times on the radio calls that there's a telephone repair truck that's missing. Right. Yeah. Right. And if, if you if you blink, you miss it. Yeah. It's just one mention, yeah. I think. Is it just one? I think so, because okay. they're on the radio and because uh, the police keep calling for uh, not only helicopter backup, but like extra units to come and assist yeah, them. Wants, yeah, the helicopter. And, um, yeah. They don't even mention the the power truck. uh it's the guy at the station who's like, actually, and now we're dealing with the fact that this power truck has gone missing. So, yeah. uh, and yeah, like you said, you blink and you miss it. Yeah. But it's just one quick mention. And then you see the dead lineman <laughs> up on the power line. I was expecting the bad guys to open fire. That's that that's moment. what I was expecting. Yeah. I, it, yeah. That, you know, that leads to the question of like, how did they cut the power in that case? Did they shoot the lineman to keep him from turning the power back on after I, they that's, cut it? That's what I think. Okay, because... But yeah. I don't know. They climb the pole, they cut some wires. Yeah, and then the guy came out wires. to fix it, you know. Um, and it, it's really interesting how the, the whole situation, as soon as it's known that it's occurring, everything's okay. You know? Because yeah, once everybody, once backup yeah, shows up and the cavalry's here, yeah, oh, one, it's over. Sorry, yeah, one, guys, you missed it. Once they make one radio call, that's it, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I found myself wondering, like, support your local police. <laughs> the, big, the big sign, yeah, that's yes. Awesome. Well, and I, oh, I, oh, and you know what oh. I love? I love what they did. They put it on a little kind of four wheeled cart. Yeah. And then the second that they got it locked in, you could tell it was on a dolly. Yeah. yeah. They're moving it's back. very much on a dolly. It's very, very Had stable. Had to find a way to make yeah. it move, move so smoothly. And that is a Western thing, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's funny that something like that. Hiding behind a saloon table or yeah. a bar or something. Well, yeah. I mean, like even the police station, the doors to the police station swing both ways like a saloon door. Right. Oh, I did not pick yeah, up on that. Yeah. Uh, I think you only really see it once or twice in the movie and it's earlier on. Okay. But yeah, you do see that they swing open and close like a saloon door. But I found myself wondering, okay, so there's no other way of communicating. I know it's 1976. I know nobody has an iPhone, but there's no radio with a battery or. Oh, yeah. That, they uh, mentioned the radio at some point. Like uh, a handheld radio, anything. Uh, I can't remember what was said about the radio. I want to say it got knocked out. Of, oh, I think it was destroyed during the firefight, the original firefight with the tufts oh, and the okay, hoods. Okay. So uh, I think it got blasted to smithereens or something like that. But some, they did mention the radio, like, and they couldn't use it. So yeah, okay, he just shot. No, that was uh, that oh, was Bishop that, was... that shot, and they and of course he let the, he let them take away the shotgun. Okay, yeah. so that was Wilson's gun that got taken, and Bishop yeah. still has the three shots. Okay, Nap I knew yeah, I heard four shots. And they've shots. gone to hand to hand combat. There's no guns. It's just they're hitting with sticks and, and crowbars and, and stuff. knives. And... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're killing all these guys with. I mean, well, he broke a chair leg off, and he's, he's, he's with a chair leg. Yeah. They're vampires, so he's staking them. You know, <laughs> maybe. And then there's there's smoke, so he can't get a clear shot. Where's the smoke coming I, from? I the, the, the whole upstairs the is on fire from the Molotov the cocktails. The Molotov cocktails. Uh, Molotov okay. cocktails. Yeah. I missed so much watching this <laughs> movie. Meg Foster just kills the crap out of dudes, oh, and she, she is ice cold. About Meg it. Foster. Oh, I, just, I love <laughs> That's her. That's not Meg Foster. <laughs> 
Well, that's who we yeah, think it is now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but... So it's third round. It's, it's so chaotic. It's like the Muppets take over the yeah. precinct 13. It's so chaotic. And there's smoke everywhere. And then the police arrive. And of course, there's ample gang members to annihilate all the police officers. Now the police are It's like the end of Blazing Saddles. The cops show up and just take everybody away. Oh my God. And the ending, one thing I like about it is that there's. The story is about what happens at the precinct. The story is not about Napoleon going to jail. It's not about him and Meg Foster becoming, you know, lovers or whatever. It's not. So there's no, none of that gets resolved. Yeah, There's romantic tension. There's criminal activity. There's murder. There's, but it's not about any of those things. So it's fine that it doesn't get resolved because that's not the story. The story you is know. them surviving the yeah. night together. Exactly, yeah. Despite the multicultural, very diverse backgrounds, some law enforcement, some yeah. lawbreakers, and they all trust one another. Yeah. They form a bond. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, I love, you know, the whole line when, when Bishop uh, tells the cop to, to let Napoleon go. And he's like, I'd consider it a privilege to walk out with you. I like that. You know? Yeah, because he knows he's still going to go back yeah, into custody, jail, but they're yeah. not going to, you know, let him get treated roughly by the other policemen. Right, yeah. And but I do love a line that happened earlier because it's funny. The catatonic dad survives all of this despite being utterly fucking useless. Yeah. And uh, that's at the one kind point, of acting job I want. One of the guys, <laughs> I, I would want that. No role. How many lines do I have to learn yeah. after this scene? None. Nothing. <laughs> Just you're in the entire you. movie, though. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we got a stretcher have, for you too, lady. I don't Fuck have to. Off. I don't have to act with the kid or have any lines after this scene. I'm in. That's a great paycheck. But um, at one point, one of the guys in the station is like, "Wait a minute! All of this trouble was for one guy. Why don't we just shove him outside?" And I was just like, "Jesus, that is heartless." But I don't think it would have worked though. They would have kept oh, but, coming in. Oh, this great moment! So Lee walks away. Like she and Napoleon have been having this romantic tension the entire time that he's been at the station and they just sort of, you know, give each other a long, steady look yeah, and then was, she turns around and walks yeah. away from him all dramatic and it's just oh, yeah. like, okay. Always leave him wanting more. Yeah. That's what I... I'm gonna be Give in a man a cigarette and then walk the hell away. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the basement doing what? What do you think? <laughs> uh, and that's... That's, yeah. the, that's movie. the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's, uh, that's Assault on... Uh, Warehouse you, 13. You would think that, that he, you know, Napoleon would have asked, could you all go so and just leave, 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 leave just here with me? Five minutes. Just conjugal. Quick, quick conjugal. 35 seconds yeah, really is all not, I need. Really not much. I might not even make it in. <laughs> just I've been in jail hand, a long hand, time. We can just do hand to mouth stuff. Uh, <laughs> I hate so much about the things that y'all choose to be. <laughs> I, I, I will go first on the Alpha to Seinfeld. Do it. Which for me is about a nine. Oh, um, wow. High praise. Because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. I've seen it. I like it. You know, watched it today. And again, it's I think it's the first time I've I've sat and watched it and really, you know, paying a close attention to it. Which and, happens on a regular basis on this yeah. silly podcast of ours. And, and I just friggin loved it. I mean, I, I found myself just thinking like, God, the acting it's it's not like, you know, nowadays if you want, you know, acting of like super high caliber, you need, you know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and some epic or Leo film DiCaprio about or whatever. This is, eaten this, by is, a bear. this is a low budget Western dressed up as a cop movie. And the acting is absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, every performance, every single performance is perfect. Uh, the scenes are long, but they don't feel long. Because the direction is so good, the editing's so good, the pacing's so good, yet you, you feel for the people, you actually care about everyone. There's no one in the movie that's disposable that I think, ah, to hell with them, you know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a nine. Awesome. Well, I unfortunately, you know, have to go with a straight five because I had never seen this movie before. I had seen the remake that they did with Ethan Hawk, I wanna Ooh. say in the early two thousands. Oh, yeah. You're the one who saw it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the one. Well, it it reminds me of that comment they made about Skeet Ulrich on Family Guy, where it's like, there's nothing good about who you are or what you do. (laughs) Poor Ethan Hawke. But um, that remake was. I don't remember really much of anything about it. I, I don't know. I don't even remember it being bad. It was just sort of. 
a palate it was, cleanser. It was just a dumb action movie. Yeah, it, that's what I vaguely remember, but yeah. I saw it like 15 years ago, so I don't know. It was a but, paycheck for John Carpenter. He didn't have to do anything, and he got paid. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know. uh, so straight five for me because uh, I had never seen the original until Mr. Okay. Brown had me watch it for this show. All right. And I'm going to have to say five for me because I loved this film as a kid. And you love it. You know, as... I was from Central PA. We we all had guns. We loved guns, <laughs> and silencers were very cool. Oh, silencers were always cool. And and yeah. and just that the scene where the the you couldn't hear the bullets. It was like tick, 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 yeah, tick, and just bullets were flying oh, everywhere. Paper, paper, paper flying was like, all <laughs> that scene was so cool. And, and you're, you know, just thinking about you're surrounded. Yeah. Right, and you have to defend this, you know, this this Alamo. Yeah, and, and that's that's a tense moment yeah. in any situation. You think of Bastogne in World War yeah. II, they're surrounded by the Germans, right, and just doing the best they can to defend themselves. It was very similar here. So I've wa- I watched this movie probably ten or twelve times because it was on. Wow. H- it was on HBO. So yeah. every time it came oh, on, we- I didn't know that because I w- I had to watch it on Roku, and the ads made it like twice as long. <laughs> no, no, HBO in 1977. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. yeah. got it. Home, Home box, box office. office. Got it. Yeah. I misunderstood. Sorry. <laughs> Where we would get this little pamphlet in the mail yeah. every every six months, and you'd have to open it, and you'd find it, and you would highlight it, and then you'd wait by the TV mm-hmm. until it came on. Can Listen you imagine that, fella. everyone? But HBO, there were no commercials. No, and no. That there was still like, aren't. Oh my, well, yeah, I know. But what I mean is, like at the time, that was mind blowing. Oh my yeah. god, there's no commercials. But and, then, and sometimes, how do I pee? Well, and sometimes a movie <laughs> would play sequentially like five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's and then, true. Like, it would close, and then suddenly. Do, 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 you know, Assault on Precinct 13 again. No we wonder he knows sit. the music so well. Oh, and the, the, the theme song is is uh, in not only intoxicating, but just very memorable. It's, it's got gravitas. Yeah. Gravitas. It's, it's and, with and, you. and when I thought, when they said uh, an exciting movie from the 70s, this one popped into my head. Now, my fear was when we watched, it was like, oh, my God, I love this as a kid and it's terrible. But as I was watching it, it, it just brought back memories. Yeah. As I said, the slow burn at the beginning, the character development, and then the grand finale at the end. Well, you know, with some plot holes, but, but nevertheless, totally very forgivable. exciting, very tense on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Everything, any flaw in the movie is forgivable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it, it is just that good of a movie. So listeners, please go and watch Assault on Precinct 13, 1976. Yeah, not the, not the new one. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Just do it. Hey, Ethan Hawke had a couple of successful cop movies there for a minute. Yeah, but that sure shit wasn't one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Uh, Training Day. All right. Well, I guess that's really about it. Darth, if you want to take us home. Yeah. Hindsiders, thank you for joining us for another installment of the Summer of 70s brought to you by Mr. Brown. Now, Jason and I will be making some selections because uh, Adam's got to go, you know, do some traveling or something in the near future. So uh, now it's left up to Jason and me to select our next 70s film. We shall. So we appreciate you joining us for your drive time, your listening time, your cholo blood ritual time. We don't care what kind of time. This has been Darth, Adam, and Jason on Hindsight, and good night.